Duke fans, welcome to a very special edition of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It is episode number 400. And if you listen to episode 100 or 200 or 300, you know what's coming. <laughs> I'm Jason Evans. I'm your host this week. Joining me is Donald Wine. Donald, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Uh, shout out to us. 400 of these things. That's a lot of early mornings and late evenings and a lot of basketball games that we watched in between. It's awesome. It is. It's a lot of fun. Now, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that we do not have Sam Klein with us. Sam called me just five minutes ago, and he said, Jason, he, he's skiing with his family. He goes, I'm still on the slopes. <laughs> he, he hasn't gotten off the slopes yet, so we're going to forgive Sam because replacing him for episode 400, we are joined by none other than former Duke great Kenny Denard. Kenny, as I teased, was on with us on episode 100, 200, 300. It's become a tradition to have him every 100 episodes. Kenny, how are you doing today, buddy? You guys are like Moore's Law. It's like getting faster and faster to the hundreds. Yeah, it's like, it is. <laughs> We've been busy. We've been That's busy. Right. We have a lot to talk I, about. I, I, love I like the, that. I love the pod y'all do. This is awesome. Thanks much. Moore's Law, there's a little bit of science kind of geekery going on here. I love it. <laughs> hey, so Kenny, um, you you were a part of uh, of so much of this stuff that's been going on with Coach K's legacy and, and Coach K's, uh, you know, the, the end of his time in Cameron and, and, you know, the end of his coaching career. It's, it's, a, it's a huge moment. I'm going to let Donald talk to you a little bit because like the two of us, you were obviously, you were clearly at this past weekend and, you know, among the players. So Donald, take it away with that portion of our conversation with Kenny. Yeah. And Kenny, it was great to see you on Friday night at the Washington Duke and also Saturday during all the festivities. I, I, I was having a great time. It, it, we've talked, Jason and I have talked about our experience, but from you, who's gone to a lot of games, obviously, but also just from that former player perspective, put into words what this weekend was like for you and right. for, and for, your, yeah, and for the rest of the brotherhood. Thanks, guys. It was uh, the most incredible weekend minus 10 minutes. Those 10 minutes at the end of the game. It's about right. Everything, everything <laughs> else, everything else was awesome. So I am, uh, I am so happy for coach. I've said that many times, uh, said it to him this summer when I saw him at K Academy, you know, he has earned, uh, I mean, this year has just been incredible, you know, with the COVID pause. I mean, you know, we thought, Oh no, here we go again with COVID. And then of course, you know, whole team gets sick and, Took them a while to get back in shape, but this this weekend was was really special. A lot of guys came back. Oh, that's my pup in the background. Sorry. Uh, a lot of guys came back, and it was great seeing all these guys. And they they really made the effort to come back. You know, we we Duke doesn't pay for anything. They they just give us a ticket. So everybody came back on their own accord. I think it showed a great strong support from the brotherhood. And uh, you know, the game was the game. Duke Carolina, you can go back through history. You're watching the ACC tournament series. You're watching any kind of historical perspective of this rivalry. And it doesn't matter what you're ranked on any of these games. So uh, the outcome was not surprising to me. Like maybe some, you know, people that haven't been around as long as I have. But it was uh, disappointing for coach. That was it. In fact, it, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can look at it. It could be really good to motivate the guys going into March, uh, I'm sure he'll use it. In fact, I know you will lead into talking about the series that the ACC had me host, uh, but each one of our, our greats of, of our era's 
of the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010 talks about what coach does to motivate and motivation and leadership is his game. He is numero uno in motivation and pushing buttons. So who knows? Maybe a lot of, you know, if you, if you win the national championship this year, you're going to look back and say, man, that was probably the best thing that ever happened. But who knows? The odds are tough. It's a big field out there with great teams. Uh, but this weekend was really special to see all the guys that came back. And we were all in this room beforehand taking selfies and pictures of each other. And I got, I got a great picture I posted on Facebook of the fourth guys who wore 33 from 77 to 94. It was I me. I saw that. That was yeah, awesome. Me and Jay Bryan and John Smith and then Grant who put us in the rafters. So, you know, when my kid was five years old, I took him to Cameron for a Duke Carolina game. And at the shoot around, I looked, pointed up in the ceiling and said, look, daddy's number's retired. You know, he couldn't read. So uh, <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't see it with Grant Hill's name under it. But it was a it. wonderful time. It was a wonderful time. Hey, you know, John Smith lived on my hall freshman year, like almost right across the hall from me. And, and I wear a number 33 jersey. Uh, I'm not going to say who it's for. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It's the magic number. It's a great number. You mentioned some of the interactions you have with all the players. And, and I talked about this, just the, the starkness of like you standing next to Shane Battier or, you know, Elton Brand standing next to Quinn Cook. Guys that, you know, obviously you didn't play with each other, but you obviously have a relationship and you also have this bond. What were some of the conversations like that you had with some of these team, with some of your former teammates and also just other yeah, former players no, that came just back? just checking in on them, see what they're doing, what they're, you know, a lot of guys, we know what they're doing, you know, because they're in the public eye or in sports, you know, with Quinn and, you know, Elton and all the, uh, you know, Christian, it was great seeing Christian. You know, Christian said, you know, he's like a cab driver now. He's got these three kids that they're all playing sports. So he's the one running them around all over the place every day. So it was just fun to catch up on each other's lives. And, you know, K Academy does that in the summer when a lot of us come back and our participants uh, help coach, you know, we coach teams and things like that in the K Academy for the fantasy camp. So that's a great place. And then it's even more, this one was a little more condensed, you know, and, a, and a, a little more stressful for the situation of being somewhere at some time, you know, having to go to bed at night, that kind of stuff. So the, the, uh, it was just great. It was fun to see everybody, you know, the brotherhood is so alive and well, and you know, this, you just can't, I've said this before on other pods or other interviews, you just can't have that kind of continuity in, at most schools, you know, and, you know, we certainly hope and pray for John to, to have a 40 year career because he could do it. He's he's young. He's bright. He, he knows the game. He's a leader. He's a winner. But we've been really lucky. We're spoiled to death because a lot of schools, a lot of guys go to school and then their coach is gone after five years or three years or eight years. And then there's another coach and it may not work out for three. You know, look at some of the teams in the ACC. They've had six coaches since Coach K has been there. So that continuity of the coach and then the success that he and the excellence that he's, you know, set as that standard, you know, that's, that's something that's we've all been able to benefit from in our basketball careers, as well as our lives. So I, I was talking some, with some of the players and the managers this weekend at various points. And uh, you mentioned that you, you had like set schedules and when you were supposed to be where you're supposed to be and when, the honor guard that you guys did 
during the pregame when Coach K walked out onto the court for the first time. Was that something that you guys knew was happening? Because some of the players, it seemed like they they knew, hey, I just got to be at this door at this time, and I know nothing else. Uh, what did you know about what was planned inside of Cameron on Saturday? No, uh, no, I just knew we were going out on the court as a collective. How they set it up and all that was the details. The hallway, you know, that long hallway alongside mm-hmm. uh, where my old coach's office used to be all the way up to the hall. That's where we lined up in you know row row one and row two, and we started going row one's number one, row two is better. <laughs> you know, we, it was just fun to be kids and think about being kids, and uh, you know, think about the joy of being part of this group. So then we came out, and you know, of course, everybody says, "Why did you wear the camo?" And everybody was wearing white. Well, they only had sizes up to two X, <laughs> and I'm a four XLT, and I wasn't going to wrap this sausage up. So people would laugh at me seeing all the, you know, undulations of my uh, upper torso. So, uh, but the uh, camo actually stood out. I heard I got on TV a lot because the it stood out in the white. Oh my god, that's background. so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we we had we had a, a few people reach out to us saying like, "Hey, yo, what's up with Kenny wearing the camo?" And then I was like, "Yo, if you we're like, if you don't know Kenny by now, Kenny is going to show up in that camo. That is Kenny's deal." And, and honestly, I expected nothing less than to see you. The uh, only thing I think you were missing was your uh, GTHC GTH hat that you that you like to wear uh, at games. But um, the last question I have for you on on the just everything on Saturday, we were obviously I think you saw us. We were sitting right behind you, and we were kind of looking at the players during some of the moments of the game. And it seems like that you all like you know were reacting to plays like you had the itch. Like you, like you remember, like when you see Coach K in the huddle, you kind of had flashbacks to when you were a player and he was, you know, in the huddle with you. What was that like? Just being on the court and watching, just watching the game with so many people who have been in the same position you have. Yeah, I think we all shared that experience of playing Carolina at home for a big game. Uh, mine was obviously 42 years ago and so exciting uh, with our senior day. Uh, which which was a win if people didn't know and then talking to Shane right before the game when they were doing the introductions you know the introductions and the sound system at, at Duke are a little different than when we played back before cable uh, you know it rocks out it gets and then they got the video screen board and I was getting the goosebumps I looked at Shane I said are you getting goosebumps too and he goes yes I am and so you know it's it's it you feel it I mean obviously our physical bodies are not uh, in tune with the same but our minds have that muscle memory of how exciting it is to be getting ready to play Duke Carolina. So I think every one of the players in that group, even though we didn't all talk about it, I think everyone felt it. I know there was moments that you all were able to spend with coach before the game or after or whatever. Was there anything that he said to you guys collectively? Did he have a message for you all as you all came back basically for one big reunion? Well, I think he said it to the world. He said it out on the court. And that's all he, you know, each person's individual conversations are public, you know, for for us to talk about. But he said it. He acknowledged. And, you know, I've always loved his candid, you know, throughout the years, he's always said, you know, I'm a great coach because I had Grant Hill and I had Christian Leitner and I had Bobby Hurley and I had, you know, and he lists off the names. You know, when you got deadbeats like that, how you know. (laughs) You know, he's, he's, he's recruited them. His staff is great. 
you know, he, after he evolved from his first assistant coach staff and brought in Bob Bender. And I mean, we can go historical, but you look at what he's done to bring players in because he never lies to you. He's, he tells the truth. And if you watch the series that, that I hosted with the ACC, every one of them talks about, cause we didn't script any of that for the people that, that anybody that's watched the show, the four, four part series on YouTube or Facebook or Roku or wherever it's playing. It's a streaming service uh, product. Uh, none of these things were scripted, but all of them had very similar themes, truth, standards, excellence, and he knew what buttons to push. And I think uh, we've got a potential, you know, maximum nine games that we get to see and get to experience. And we hope we get those nine games as a fan group. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for him because it's a run and he's, you know, I know all the hoopla now, all that's behind us, all that hoopla about the last, you know, because this team, you know, this team's a great team, you know, uh, COVID took a divot out of them. If you want to put it that way, because they had to get back into shape during the middle of the, the beginning or middle of the ACC season had to make up games and put games, eight, you know, four games in eight days. So they've been through some trials. Now's the time to prep for when, you know, after the ACC tournament, whether you win it or not, then it's one and you're done. You go home if you lose. So who's, who would you like to bet on? What jockey would you put your, your money on going into the NCAA tournament with this talent and the experience, you know, Wendell, you know, when Wendell, the first before Christmas was in player of the year conversation, you know, he's working his way back in. If he comes on strong, man, that's my wild card. If Wendell returns to his leadership and <clears throat> strength position that I think COVID took a divot out of him too, that's, that's my key to the tournaments. Well, you, you stole our thunder here, Kenny, because I was about to ask you to give me, a, you know, an assessment of this year's team. And, and you went there even without the question, but, but I'm going to ask it sort of anyway. I'm going to put it to you this way. You know, what have you seen from this team that gives you concern, that gives you pause? You mentioned they're extremely talented. They clearly are. I mean, everyone says this is a team that has five future, and by future I mean probably this summer, NBA draft picks on it. So what, what gives you, someone who's played the sport, knows the game, what gives you concern about this team not being able to reach its full potential? You know, they were playing great the last couple of weeks, and I was telling people, this is how you do it. You, you work your way up into going into March. I think Saturday was just an aberration. I, I don't have too much Too much emotions, too overwhelming, huh? Well, just too much everything. I mean, and coach had said that, I think, on his radio show the other night, uh, that it's just, it was so much. And, but it's, it's behind us now, right? It's behind the team, not us. I don't play. I just sit here and talk about it and watch it and love it. But, you know, for the kids, they're at a good place. This game, they can put it, you know, it's that for next play mentality. It's, you know, use it to where it's a benefit, the, the memory of the pain and the shame. I mean, you know. I couldn't imagine being a player coming out and watching coach have to talk to the fans because of the way they performed. I mean, that, that's just a tough position, but you know, the master of leadership and the master of motivation and the master of pushing buttons, that should be good opportunities where, where he needs it to, to, and again, I'm, I have no inside knowledge. Okay. I'm not really close to anything that's going on any given season. 
but as you asked me as an observer of, of Duke basketball for the last uh, 45 years, really, it's, it's probably the best position we're in to get that sixth in a long time. So I'm, I'm, but the, there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of youth in the whole country. So a lot of the teams, you know, we've beaten two really good teams early. If we, uh, you know, if, I, I just, I, I don't see anything that I'm concerned about other than let's lace it up and let's get with it. Let's do it. Hey, uh, one other question related to this year's team. And it's just something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and that just doesn't make sense. Why are they so much better on the road than they are at home? I well, mean, this team, I, I, yeah. I know I talked about that yesterday uh, with a newspaper guy who was doing an article. And I said, you know, we do know that it's a fact they've played better. And if you think about it, when you play in these bigger arenas and these neutral sites or, you know, against the enemy or against people that are booing you, it's a whole different, and believe me, I've been there. I've been played in Madison Square Garden. I've played in, you know, Cameron. Oh, yeah. I've played in Carmichael. There's a different vibe. And depending on how you're wrapped and how you, most of these, like you said, there's going to be four or five or even six pros out of this group before long. You know, their mentality is the challenge. At Duke, you know, there's, and I'm not, this is not a negative, but, you know, you, you may come in feeling the crowd's going to pull you through as opposed to, you have to fight through the enemy crowd or the opponent's crowd or in a neutral spot. It's like, you're going to be in the pros. I mean, you're going to be in a big you know, arena playing and, and it's just uh, the crowd is not as impressive to your stimulus. You know, it's not that direct into your DNA during the game. So I, I think it's a good time to think, Hey, we're on the road the rest of the year, no matter what. So I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. I look at that as an advantage. Uh, especially if I was a, a betting man, which I'm not. <laughs> All right, Kenny, we're going to take a quick break. And you've mentioned it a couple times. When we come back, I want to talk extensively with you about the legacy, the Coach K Legacy Series that you have done in partnership with the ACC, where you spoke to several other Duke greats from the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. And before we head to break, I want everyone to listen to, we got a couple clips. You know, if you haven't watched this series yet, we're going to give you some tastes of it. I want to start with a clip as we go to break of John Shire talking about how Coach K has touched people and touched so many lives over his illustrious career. You know, I think if you put all his former guys in a room, he's always talked about that's what he's most proud of. You know, the, the men, the, 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 the great people that are making impact in all different walks of life in the world. But I will say the thing that's always his legacy to me the amount of people that he's touched and how he's been able to use his platform. Uh, you know, there's been many, many times coming out Sunday morning and he's getting off the phone with, you know, someone who just is found out they had cancer or, you know, uh, a mom that's going through something. And uh, he's been able, without putting it out there, he's been able to just touch so many different people in his life with the platform that he has. So I've always admired that. All right, we're back from the break and we are back again with Kenny Denard. And uh, Kenny, like I said, I want to talk about this series you did 
But before I, I've got some more clips I want to play for folks to, to give them a flavor of it. Before I even get to that, tell me exactly how this came about, who you talked to. It, give me the genesis of this series that, that is all about Coach K's legacy. Yeah, no, it, it's, a, it's an ACC um, tribute tape, if you want to call it a mixtape by the ACC that they wanted to do separate from Duke. They got Duke's permission to, 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 that they could hire former player or whoever to, to be a host. And they got all that done. And then they called me. I don't know what number they called. I don't know if I was first, second, third, fifth, 17th, but somehow they got to me and said, Hey, would you be interested in hosting this? And I said, sure, I'd, I'd love to do that. And he said, well, can you help us get guys on the show? I said, well, I've got everybody's email, you know, and I, I'm friends with everybody. So let's give it a shot. And so they gave me a list of folks. Wait, 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 hang on. on. I got to ask them. Is, is there like a brotherhood email list? Is there, do all of you guys share emails? Well, there, there is, but I, you know, it's in the vault, you know, there's no, it's not, it's nothing that anybody oh. would ever see. Yeah, I got it. I got uh, it. Yeah. But uh, point being, I've got a big distribution opt-in list that I've had for, you know, 20 years that I've been sending out Mr. Sensitive stuff and things like that. Uh, which for people out there, I am not Mr. Sensitive, okay? He is a real person separate from me for those that keep saying, you do great writing. Anyway, fast forward. Um, the ACC called me up and said, would you be interested in hosting this? This is back in either early December or late November. And I said, sure, what, what do we need to do? So they worked up some ideas and came up with, and then I started pinging guys to see if they wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, they, we got everybody we wanted because you can't do everybody. We didn't have time. And the scheduling, let me tell you, to try and get Jay Billis and Johnny Dawkins, both of them have real jobs. You know, they're both in the public. You know, <laughs> to get those two and then to get Allah, it just for the first show, took two weeks to schedule. <laughs> just to get their schedules. Cause bing, bing, bing. <laughs> and, and then the next one is Grant and Wojo. Oh, my goodness. Grant's. Yeah, you know, we had to change three or four times for Grant just because his schedule changed. You know, he's kind of he's, a busy guy. He's yeah. busy running. He's running the Hawks. He's a like a. He's doing you know, a lot of stuff. He's, he's on the board so at Duke. Yeah, board yeah, of trustees. He's, he, he's doing everything, and this this is some of the beauty of the alumni uh, brotherhood. And then you know, uh, thinking about getting Shane and JJ JJ together because they're on the screen together. Oh my goodness, another couple three weeks. So we didn't finish shooting all this you know the raw footage the raw interviews until mid-february so they they were putting the pieces together in the background i didn't have anything to do with the editing thank god but they did a great job very professional production limited budget it's not the acc network it's not owned by espn this is the acc commissioner's office that did this as a tribute to coach k just something they could do and they thought this concept and I, I call it a love letter from his former guys. I mean, it is that touching really to is. me. It, it is. And, and then they took uh, vignettes. They did uh, some of the guys in the pros as they're going in and out of breaks or something. They have you know, right, the Jones brothers, yeah. little, little thank you, coach. The, you, here's what you meant to me. And I appreciate this, that, and the other. Yeah, Jay, so, Jason Tatum recorded something from his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's oh, like yeah. in his car. I'm like, yeah, Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the technology today. You can do stuff like that. And it, and it doesn't have to be all flashy, you know, full production to where it can be meaningful. So we got it all done uh, from a recording standpoint. And then they finished off the touches and then they started dropping 
on their multiple ACC digital network platforms from Facebook and YouTube. And last night, the last one with John Shire dropped uh, that you just heard an excerpt from, but they're all so good. You know, and like I said, we go into the Q&A and we've got some ideas what we're going to ask them. Uh, I And, uh, you know, we, I say the production guys and I are working on, okay, what'll be good. And it just kind of went on its own. You know, you had some themes you wanted to get to because we were talking about motivation, you know, uh, how, how did, what were your first impressions of Coach K? Because, you know, those early years, and I'm not trying to steal thunder from Jay and Johnny, but those guys took a risk. Yeah. They took a risk. And people don't remember that that that's 86 freshman class was the number one class in college basketball that year for a guy who had had a losing season those first three years or really first two years because they came in and had tough a tough year then too. So it was really exciting to kind of watch the graduated scale of what were your first impressions of coach where Jay Bill said I didn't even know who coach K was until he started recruiting me. I didn't know where Duke was if you look it on the map, you know, so to where all of a sudden you got, you know, JJ saying, I grew up watching all these games and I told my parents I was coming to Duke, you know, when I was 12. And, you know, so those kind of, we could have done a ton of those stories, but we obviously didn't have time or a lot of the guys in the pros didn't have any time to, to talk, uh, talk to us. Yeah. So they were just, go ahead. I was gonna say they were, they were busy earning their millions of dollars in the pros. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> hey, but hey. it's just, it's, yeah, it's just been, it's just, been, it's probably the best thing I've been a part of in my 63 years around, you know, this trip around the sun, because not, and I'm talking something that came out of nowhere. I really appreciate the ACC taking a chance on somebody. I'm not a professional. I don't do this for a living, uh, but I love Duke and I wanted to do the best job we could to, to, to give that tribute to coach K in a personal way from the brotherhood. Yeah. And it, and it is very personal and, and you're right. One of the striking things is, is the themes that kind of run through it. Uh, before we get to more on that, I want to play a couple more clips for folks so they get more of a feel of what this thing is like. Um, first, I'm going to uh, give you a little slice of J.J. Redick. And, and I really love J.J. talks about the fact that Coach K's ultimate legacy is the brotherhood. It's, it's the players. And, and it's a really beautiful piece of sound from J.J. And then right after that, um, a little bit of Allah Abdul Nabi, a uh, guy from my era. I, I was... Allah was actually, we, we lived next door to each other for a couple of years. I was very, very close with Allah. And he talks about what it was like to be recruited by Coach K. So let's have a listen to those, and then we'll be back with Kenny. I love the idea of Coach being recognized as one of the greatest coaches in all of sports. It's fantastic, right? He's a winner. He's got every accolade. He's got a bunch of records. And he should be. Should absolutely be recognized. So that's 100% part of his legacy. But to me, his greatest legacy is us. His greatest legacy is 40 some years of players whose lives have been impacted and then have gone out to society, not just as basketball players, but as men and had amazing impact on society. Yes, he's won a lot of basketball games. Yes, he's won a bunch of championships, but the impact he's had on us and then what we have then gone and done for other people and, and, and had the impact on people in our, in our little circles, that's the legacy for him. I remember being at my high school and my, uh, my car was broke down, so my dad was gonna pick me up after practice. Well, he was late 
and I lived about two miles from the, from the high school. And coach was there that day checking out my transcripts for school because he had to make sure I was a good student. So he is sitting with me and I said to him, I said, listen, you know, I'm only two miles away. You know, can I just get a ride with you? And he said to me, no, that's an NCA violation. I can't give you a ride. But what I can do is I'll sit here and wait with you till your dad comes. And I remember later when my dad eventually did come and pick me up and I said goodbye to Coach K. And I talked to my dad about it, and my dad said, he's got rules, and he's not breaking them for anybody, you or anyone. If you get something from somebody else, they're going to have that over your head, and you don't want to be that way. You don't want to have people expecting things from you or having something over your head, and that's something else he taught me. So I love that that story from Allah. Uh, it's so revealing about Coach K and the recruiting process. And Kenny, you were telling me that stuff like that, there's so much of this stuff that there's stuff that didn't even make it into the legacy series, isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah, no, we had way too much material for the time slot. You know, we wanted to keep it snappy. You didn't want it to be, you know, I mean, this is not uh, one of those you can DVR. It's streaming, so it's there all the time. You can come back to it. But, you know, 25 to 30 minutes was each show, and we didn't want it to turn into but there is a lot of footage or a lot of audio that is available for them to use in other ways down the road. If the, if the ACC wants to, because there's so much good stuff that, that didn't make the actual show. And I think that all clip, I, I just can't remember now because I think that all clip wasn't in the actual show. It was one of the supplemental pieces that, uh, that Scott shared with you. And looking at that JJ clip, uh, he talked about, that the best part of his of Coach K's legacy is you guys, the brotherhood. What makes it? And obviously, we've had a little bit more of access than most people would to their programs. But what do you think makes it so special that that unique bond that all of you have? From again, you were part of Coach K's first team to this current group of guys who will be on his last team forty two years later. What what's that bond that unites it? That's so unique compared to what other schools may experience with their players coach k that's the bond there, there we oh, go well, we're I, done <laughs> <laughs> because i like at the game the other i'm sitting there just saying hey to these 18 year olds you know aj and and uh you know it, we weren't trying to bother them but you know just said hey but i'm 63 and he's 18 and the same coach with the same fiery passion uh with much more skills and and you know, much better coach now than back in 81. He'll admit that. Uh, but we're played for the same coach in the same school. Where does that happen? It's like catching lightning in the bottle. So the brotherhood comes from Coach K. All of us in his orbit, you know, we're in his, he's the sun and we're going around like planets and we've got our worlds. And, you know, we've taken, I love what uh, others have said. And I think JJ's, you know, we've gone out and done things and he's instilled in us traits and character character that that you know some of us got more of it i didn't get but a year but i got to know coach even better 10 years later working at for the coaches versus cancer board that he was on so we had 15 years to see each other um except when he wasn't playing in the final four so the, each one of us have those bonds and we played at duke and the thrill of playing at Duke and the stories we tell and the cities we played. And, you know, some of us, 
you know, they, we stayed in different hotels, but some of us stayed in these old radio hotels back in the old days, like in, in college park, you know, where they had a minor bird in, in the lobby and you'd go talk to it. And my trainer, Max Crowder would go park university motel. And the bird would talk to him the whole day, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, just silly stuff, but just great memories when you're young, impressionable, trying to figure out how you're going to be successful and whether you're going to play well that night. Uh, all of us shared the same thing. We all shared the same common thing, different places, different venues, different pressures, but the same, you know, you're always a little insecure that you, you can show your confidence, but you got to go out there. And once the game starts, you know, you just either in it and you go for it. And that's what coach really did a great job doing is getting you to be in that moment. I think you'll hear that throughout the series, being in the moment. And that's something he's written books about. He's had talks about, you know, how you don't let distractions, you know, you know, outside of what we experienced Saturday, which is like I said, an anomaly being in the moment, you know, and how do you manage yourself in that moment to get the best out of yourself? So that commonality and the fact that we've gotten to be close to each other through the K, the K Academy, that's a real plus because in the summer times you get four or five days together, nights, you get to laugh, you get to hang out in the Washington Duke bar or go out. You know, you get to, to talk about the families, you get to talk about the, what other guys are doing. Hey, have you kept up with him? No, no, what's up? So, you know, it's like real time uh, before Facebook, Facebook, you know, uh, to where you actually look at people and not looking at your phone or your computer. So I, I kind of rambled on that because I'm known to do that, but, the, the it's a good ramble, man. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm so proud that, that I'm part of it. That's that's the biggest thing I can say. Kenny, uh, last question for you. College basketball has just undergone a, a really major change uh, with name, image, and likeness. Um, the players get paid, and and in fact, as I'm sure you're aware, there can there I are... can I can I interrupt? Yeah, they're not ahead. getting they're not getting paid. They're earning money. I, okay, they're, 100% they're, agree. Provi they're providing a service that someone is willing to pay for in our society. You know, we have capitalism and, you know, now that kids are no longer having to go around and get handouts from alumni behind the scenes and that are illegal against the rules, they can actually use their name, image and likeness to earn money. That's a great thing. It, you know, it's imperfect right now. They'll modify the how it all works. But for that's why I've said th this whole process with the portal, the, you know, the transfer portal, and, yeah. which is free agency basically. And you've got the name image and likeness and layered on 10 years of one and done. That's why Nolan and, and uh, John, you know, they've been through that whole period and grown up in it as coaches. That's why I think they're perfect for, you know, the next step for Duke basketball into the modern day of all this difference. So I was going to ask you a question and you just answered it anyway. <laughs> no, it was, that's, that's great. That's, I was just going to ask you your thoughts on it. It's so different from, from what you guys went through. Um, I, I, I guess I was going to sort of say, you know, do you feel it's, it's right and it's justified? Clearly you do. And I, I very much agree with you. What does it change for Paula Bancaro to, to now have to balance schoolwork, basketball practices and games and, and workouts and 
he's doing commercials and and you know other appearances and things like that and getting significant checks for it it, it do, no, do you it, have any it, insight it, into that yes i have a lot of insight we were doing that anyway we were going to church, you know churches or hospitals we were doing a lot of things and and doing it voluntarily you know to to help others uh there's plenty of time in the day okay i mean guys only need to sleep seven eight hours right i mean maybe some more need more some need less but there's a lot of time in the day it's how you manage your time and if you have a i think it's great real world education i think it's preparing kids to be you know, I don't think most student athletes in their teens or, you know, early, early or late teens, they don't have that opportunity to, to be real world, deal with, you know, what does a checkbook mean? What does money mean? Uh, and that doesn't matter what income bracket you come from to college. So I think it's a very positive thing. I think it's going to, we were just talking about this last night that the name image and likeness, you know, cause uh, Corey Brewer, I, I do a podcast with George Carl's uh, truth plus media. And we did Corey Brewer this week for a two episode and he came back, you know, his team in 07 came back from or an 06 won the national championship. They all were first round picks. Those guys, Joachim uh, Horford and Corey Brewer, they were all in the first round picks and they all came back. They didn't come back because they weren't, they were afraid of the NBA. They came back. They wanted to win another championship. They wanted to go back to back and show people that they were one of the greatest teams ever. And hearing him say that just reminded me of that's not happening anymore. You know, guys like that would go. Yeah, no way. But, but what if, what if name image and likeness can help sweeten to where you have some control of your own money, you're earning it for your own. I mean, you have a product, you, right. And you have a product people want to buy. They want to buy things that you're associated with because they like you. That's what marketing and advertising and all that stuff are. That's America. So I think maybe name, image, and likeness may do some good down the road to keep kids that say, I got to go to G League or I got to go to you know play, you know, try, go out early, maybe stay around a little longer. And you may have some deeper teams longer into the cycle that right now we're seeing you know, has not, most fans and most coaches are not very happy with what the one and done has done to college basketball. But I think naming, it's just me, I could be wrong, but I think the NILs could help people stay and drive some continuity and some, some more experience into these teams. I completely agree with you. And I, I hope it, I hope it starts to happen. And I'm just glad that, you know, after decades decades of these kids not being allowed to make what they're worth they're getting a little little taste of the pie so to speak kenny denard dude thank you so much you are fabulous everybody out there go check out the series from the acc the coach k legacy series hosted by kenny denard where he talks to boy you can't name a duke legend that he doesn't speak to on this thing it's it's a ton of fun and we're just so happy 100 200 300 number 400 I know you'll be back for 500, right, Kenny? Yes, sir. And I just want to tell everybody, I hope to see you in the regional in a couple of weeks and then hopefully in New Orleans. That's That, that would be a great, great April, first weekend in April, wouldn't it? Amen. Amen. I will, I will be there if it happens. I can promise you that. Uh, for Donald, I am Jason. Folks, thanks again for listening to the DBR podcast. We're going to be back in just a couple of days. The ACC tournament is beginning. We will be here to recap 
preview and do all that stuff with every single game Duke's involved with. Until then, here's the Duke band to play us out and take us home.